Blog Talk Radio. Hi everyone, this is Camille from sunny California, and you're listening to the Coffee Chat with Camille show, which is a podcast series that interviews various guests about real-life topics for people who love to learn. I'm back. (laughs) How to make the leap to small business ownership with Chris Halonia. The mini bio, he he, um, actually gave me a pretty long one, so I'm not able to fit everything, so I'm doing a mini bio. So who is he? Who is Chris Halonia? He is a successful entrepreneur and change leader built on his experience working with the largest companies in America to start his own business from scratch. He brings his unique style to leadership to create a culture of professionalism in the blue-collar world of home innovation. He left the corporate zoo and ventured into the entrepreneurial wild and started the Trusted Toolbox Home Repair and Projects in 2008. Yes, he started a business right before the Great Recession. So timing, the market is not his strength. He survived through that time and has grown his business into a multimillionaire, uh, oops, multi-million dollar handyman and remodeling company, winning numerous awards in Atlanta, Georgia. <coughs> Excuse me, in Atlanta, Georgia for the audience. Um, you can go to www for all of these safaripodcast.com. The second one is the Home Service Institute.com. The fourth link is zootowild.com. And the fourth one is the trustedtoolbox.com. Okay, and so now we're going to have our wonderful guests come on in. And start our wonderful interview. Hi, Chris. Welcome. Hey. Hello. Nice to see you. Nice to talk with you, I should say. Yes. Nice to talk with you as well. I'm so happy you're here. We finally got this going. So there's uh, 10 questions, Chris, and I'd like to go ahead and begin our interview. Now, you have that job. (laughs) You have that job, corner office, 400 people working for you. Six-figure income. Why did you decide to make the leap? So I did. I had that job that I think outwardly everybody would say, but this guy's really successful, has a lot of money, has all the things that what would look like is success on the outside. But inside, I was just, I didn't feel fulfilled. I didn't feel like I was doing the job I wanted to do. I didn't feel like I was using my whole mind. Uh, and I've always wanted to start my own business, and I was more afraid of waking up and being 60 years old and never having taken the chance to start my own business than I was of going out and failing. Okay, excellent. And then why is a business plan so important? For me, the business plan was really important. I actually put that in my book, From the Zoo to the Wild, where I talked about using it as a – I did it also to evaluate 
companies. But when you do a plan and you're working for somebody else or you're doing it and you're making money, you get to make those mistakes for free and you get to think through it. And I use the business plan not just to come up with a great document that I never looked at again, but I used it to use mentors and people who could bounce better ideas off of me by me coming to them with bits and pieces of my business plan as I was developing. Excellent. And then how did you know you would be successful? I felt like with the background that I had, kind of I, I talked about building up my own business toolbox. I felt like with the background I had and the people I knew and the skill sets I would bring to the table that I could be successful. I wouldn't say I knew it. And I, to, to this day, after 14 years, <laughs> still wondering if I am. <laughs> and then you started right before the recession, bad timing. Did you have any idea what it was going to, to be like, I think, to get through it? And would you do it again? So I had no idea that the recession would be as deep uh, as it was, and of course nobody did. Um, I felt like, again, being uh, a pretty smart guy, I had a great position um, in a financial institution where I had access to our economist on a monthly basis. And I thought I had a pretty good idea of what was going to happen, but I had no idea how hard it was going to be. Uh, I started a handyman business uh, now that we're, we're remodeling and a handyman business uh, today. But in the beginning, I felt like I would be recession-resistant, but what I just didn't count on was the dollar value that somebody put on uh, getting a repair done in the house and whether or not they had to run it by their significant other or their spouse or their partner. Uh, that number came way down. and it, So it made the growth very hard in the beginning. Um, but I did keep plugging along. I was able to grow through the recession a little bit. And then when we came out of the recession, it really started to take off. Uh, of course, I felt like I was in the right position before. COVID hit, and uh, COVID was a little bit of a, a speed bump for us. It wasn't as bad uh, as a lot of people in the nation here in Georgia. But uh, here I am today, 14 years later, and you asked the second question is, would I do it again? Well, my answer is I probably wouldn't have picked this, or I would have done it differently. I may have picked a different business, <laughs> but I'm enjoying it now. Excellent. And then what was your biggest aha moment when you started your business? My biggest aha for me was I started my business when I was 37, uh, but at the time I, from the time I was 17 years old, I had never been in a business-to-consumer business. I never worked in a restaurant. I never worked in a clothing store. I never worked in a retail situation. I worked as a machinist and then an engineer and then eventually as a consultant in the financial services industry. And I woke up and I went, oh, my God, I am now actually running a business-to-consumer business. I need to get a lot smarter about how retail business works. Excellent. What are the three secrets of the customers when working their home or working in their home? That's a, yeah, that's a great question. I love that. Uh, I actually share these three secrets with everybody in my company because it gives us the opportunity to get into their, their mind and understand how they're thinking so that we can get – and provide them a great opportunity for great customer service. Number one, we are in the instant gratification uh, society, meaning the minute you show up at somebody's house, they think the job is already done. And the reason they think that is because they've agreed to pay you a sum of money to do a service or provide a product to them. Therefore, the job is done. So that's number one. Number two, we like to work with people we like, and we want to be likable. And people buy from people. They don't buy from necessarily businesses when you're talking about a home service. 
and we tell everybody you've got to smile, you've got to be friendly, you've got to do that. Uh, that you've got to have that good customer service in the beginning so that you can have an easy transaction and provide the service that we're looking to provide. And the last thing is we always think that when we change something, it's going to be about half as much as it's going to cost. And if we change something and take it away, then it's going to double our discount. So if you've ever gone to uh, get some service done and somebody says, yeah, I want you to go ahead and do this extra thing, people usually think it's going to be 50 bucks when really you're about to charge them 100 And if they take something off, they usually say, well, if it was worth 100 I'm going to take $200 off my bill. So what I tell everybody is that you have to show it to them in writing so they can see it, they can absorb it, and they can understand it. Then they'll like mm-hmm. you, and then, of course, they're instantly going to want it done. <laughs> Excellent. And then what are the th- three secrets of the customers when working? Wait a minute. One moment. Let's see. Next one. What is the biggest challenge in training your team to deliver a great customer experience? The biggest challenge in training my team uh, is something that we've, re- we've really perfected and created another company called the Home Service Institute. And that is you need to have that great customer service, understand that customer in the beginning to do your job. And the hardest part of that is that I'm dealing with a lot of skilled tradesmen, craftsmen, guys who know how to do great carpentry, great drywall, can fix decks, can hang windows and doors. So they're very good and they're very proud of themselves and they have a lot of confidence. And you have to be able to train them and allow them to keep their inner confidence, but also get them to work within the framework you want them to. Okay. And then what is the lone wolf and your uh, wolf pack? And how do you establish that culture of teamwork? So lone wolves, as we know them, are able to go out there and forage for their own food, provide for their families or their or their groups, and also get their own shelter. The guys who come to work for me can do that. They could do a lot of this work on their own. Uh, but I bring them in and I invite them into the wolf pack and let them know that if they come here, they'll be able to do better, it'll be easier, and they'll be able to provide for their families. But I can't choke them down too much because if you choke down a lone wolf too much, they're either going to run away or they're going to become a domesticated dog. And then they're not going to be able to solve those problems for you that you want them to solve when they're out in the marketplace. So it's always a fine line when you train your lone wolves to come into your wolf pack. Okay. And thank you. And then what is the vanity line versus the sanity line? Ah, yes. After 14 years... My vanity line is um, I'm a a multi-million dollar business, Uh, so that sounds very cool, sounds very big. But how much do I actually put away? That's my sanity line. And last year, because of the inflation on materials and not paying attention to as close as I wanted to, I didn't put very much away last year. So my sanity is this year I'm on top of those numbers are going to make this happen, but my vanity line, of course, went way up. (laughs) Okay, excellent. And then uh, for the last question, how did your definition of success change over the years? In the beginning, I just wanted to make a lot of money. I I didn't start this to spend more time with my family. I didn't uh, start this business just to say I could and give back to people. Um, But it has changed uh, significantly. Of course, yes, I still want to be able to provide for my family and have a comfortable lifestyle. But I really, my success now is finding more time to do things like this being able to come on your awesome podcast and talk with you for a little bit and not have to sit there and worry about my business. My business actually is running pretty well, um, but it's been fun to be able to give back. And I'm actually going to be doing a speech out in Las Vegas for a national conference in March. And uh, and that's the kind of stuff that's really starting to 
um, excite me more and make me feel more successful. Wonderful. This has been an outstanding interview. I'd like our audience to know again that we are speaking to a successful entrepreneur. And uh, please listen to this as many times as you need because you just gave some um, insight and also some tips in there. Um, is there any kind of uh, social media handle or anything? I did put in the four links that you have provided in the description, and that will also be on our, our website for the audience. Yeah, my, my Instagram handle is customerservice.freak because I am a freak about customer service. <laughs> okay, wonderful. All right, thank you so much, Chris, and you have a wonderful rest of your day. I appreciate you. Okay, so. you thank too. Thank you. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thank Thanks you. again for being flexible with me. Yes, you're welcome. My pleasure. Right. Bye. Right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I coughed again on the air. What I'm doing is I'm clearing my throat, and you know, after we had Judy on earlier, I I need to take care of my my vocals here. Um, but that was crazy. He was amazing, as you could hear. And um, I, I very much enjoyed listening to him. And I know his backstory it is just incredible. So when you all have a minute, just please read through the, the mini one. And then what I'll do is on uh, Camille, oops, sorry about that, coffeechatwithcamille.com, what I want to do is um, put on his, put in the longer bio that he left me because his journey as a businessman has been incredible and um, it's so much to learn from it what I learned is never give up keep pursuing keep persevering and um, did you hear him he, he has such a warm wonderful way of speaking and just an incredible person so thank you all for listening to Coffee Chat with Camille. Hello to the new countries that have joined listening. Even I don't mind if there's one or two people in the country. I'm still so thrilled and thankful. Okay, we're still working on YouTube. It'll be up shortly. I'm finally done getting my certification for an exam. I mean, excuse me, for an, an instructing position that I want, or at least be able to um, help students. Okay, so, yeah, I, I felt that last night. All right, so we were with Chris. I hope I'm saying his name correctly, Lalonia. It's a beautiful last name. Um, okay, and then you guys, everyone take care. Thank you for listening to Coffee Chat with Camille. Bye for now.